Welcome to Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Greg Cellini of the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn in the Career Center over at St. Francis College. Our great millennial co-host, Gina Pirro, St. Francis Class of 17, once again with us. Hello, Gina. Hi, Brother Greg. The purpose of Thank God for Monday is to inspire you, our audience, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope, healing, peace in these unprecedented, turbulent, uncertain times. Motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest for fulfillment. Audience, it's really up to you as how to utilize the information we provide today. Take full accountability for the decisions you make and the resulting outcomes. Now, as you know, one of the major goals of Thank God for Monday is to introduce role models. Role models will take very bold steps in their work lives. And as such, we are very honored today to have with us a very, very special guest. His name is Brant Menzwar. He's the author of this incredible book, Black Sheep, Unleash the Extraordinary, Awe-Inspiring, and Undiscovered You. Hello and welcome to Thank God for Monday, Brent. Hey, Brother Greg. Thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate it. Ah, the pleasure is all ours. In order to put the conversation into context, kindly share with the audience, Gene and I, a little bit about just who is Brent Mensworth. I was born and raised uh, in New England, just outside of Boston in Manchester, New Hampshire. And uh, I came to Florida to play baseball. That was my major in college. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ended up getting hurt and had to find uh, something else to do with my life, a plan B, C, or D, and went on to discover that uh, music was something that I truly enjoyed and un- sort of unintentionally fell into a record deal, spent the better part of 20 years in the music business with uh, my first band in the Christian market uh, called Fort Pastor. And so we toured with, oh gosh, you know, the, the jars of clays and the third days and Toby Max and that whole crew. And um, then uh, sort of uh, morphed into pastoring a church for about six years and then uh, transformed to another platform of the conference speaker, the keynote conference speaker about six, seven years ago now, and wrote my first book three years ago called Rock and Roll With It, Overcoming the Challenge of Change. And this year, um, in September 29th, uh, my first, what I like to call my first big boy book, meaning that uh, (laughs) it was through a publisher. (laughs) I actually have people now. And uh, so my first big boy book called Black Sheep uh, was released on September 29th. Oh, congratulations. And we're so blessed to have someone of your ilk today on Thank God for Monday. And Brant, the title of your book is fascinating in itself. Could you tell us what is a black sheep? Gina, I was 47 years old before someone finally told me why farmers don't value black sheep like the rest of the flock. And I was so blown away by the truth that uh, it led me to sort of write this book. And so the truth is that the reason farmers don't value black sheep like the rest of the flock is because a black sheep's wool cannot be dyed. So a black sheep wool, in effect, is 100% authentically original and cannot be changed into something it wasn't meant to be. Uh, 
And that to me, after experiencing, gosh, hundreds of years of demonizing black sheep and mm-hmm. the outcast and the, you know, it, it was such a powerful realization because that literally is my life's goal is to be that 100% uh, percent authentic creation that I was made to be. Um, gosh, I just, I wanted to write a book to help people discover what I call your black sheep values. And those are those deeply held personal core values that no matter how much someone wants to try to twist you or change you, they simply will not move. They are the very fabric of who you are. Wow. Well, first of all, I'll say that I was also today years old when I found out that same fact. <laughs> I'm well, already learning. I feel bad. Yes. <laughs> and wow, I mean, really, this is just so interesting and so important. I think Brother Greg can agree that um, I'm just really, really interested in learning more about your book, and I'm sure our listeners are too. So could you tell us how do we know if our black sheep are ours and that we aren't caring for someone else's sheep? That is the $64,000 question right there. (laughs) That is the hard part because here's the thing. Um, Most of us uh, have been conditioned to care for other people's sheep. And, and it could be that you were raised in an environment where you were responsible to help care for an elderly parent, grandparent, something like that. Maybe you had to care for your siblings more than, than maybe you should have at a young age. And so, you know, the idea of discovering what I like to call your flock of five, right? And that is the, these are the five non-negotiable values that you possess is that we have to sort of get to the things that are true and real for you and separate those from the sort of things that you've been conditioned to care about, who somebody told you you should be, or maybe even who you aspire to be. Um, those are those are not who you actually are in this moment. And I like to believe uh, that we're enough already. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I believe in a, in an incredibly powerful God that, that makes us unique in our own right. And we are enough. And so most of us spend our time struggling to find this piece of us that, um, is really not who we are. And, you know, it's interesting. So the work that I do is really centered around, discovering those things that may have been hidden within you or what I like to call your lost black sheep for a long time, right? And so one of the ways that we help people discover what their flock is, is we created this online assessment that they can go and take and sort of dip their dip their toe into the values pool if you want uh, to think of it that way. And it's a super simple process, right? So it's a, it's a three-part process. The first part is simply going to present you with 125 commonly held core values. And it's going to say, just quickly read these words and in a sort of knee-jerk reaction, if the word is really important to you, I want you to select it. Mm-hmm. And, and what we know now after a couple of years and thousands of people taking this assessment is that the average person selects at least 30 words that are really important to them. Wow. And so when 30 things are really important to you, there is really nothing that is really mm-hmm. important to you. So it's, it's impossible <laughs> it's to honor 30 things on a daily basis, right? right? So what we do is we say, let's take that subset 
let's take that subset of words um, and that 30, 40, 50 words that you might have selected and let's group them together by likeness. And so we mm -hmm. put them into five different buckets. So things like empathy, sympathy, and caring for others will go in one bucket. And then things like um, achievement and success go in another bucket. And before you know it, you've got five buckets full of words and it asks you one question. What's the one word from each bucket that you can't live without? What is that non-negotiable? Wow. And that gets you to your initial flock of five black sheet values. But what we also know after years of doing research and have the data to prove it <laughs> is that two or three of those are actual 100% authentically true. And you can give me 15 or 20 examples for each over the course of your life. Mm-hmm. But we also know that two or three of them are what we like to call aspirational sheep. They are sheep who live <laughs> in the future. They do not live in the present. And um, the interesting thing is when you say and you choose a couple of things that you tell yourself are the most important things to you, when you go to find proof, there's no proof to be found because mm -hmm. they are indeed not your sheep. They're someone else's sheep. Wow. And so part of the proving process is spending enough time tracking these things that you tell yourself are the most important and looking for proof so that we don't have to convince ourselves of anything. There is so much just self-awareness that goes into this. And it seems like a really, really important questionnaire and activity for us to be doing. Do you mind sharing like the name of that or where people sure. can access it? Super simple, completely free. You just go to findyourblacksheep.com and there's a link that you can click on that says find your flock. And uh, the whole process, depending on how many words you select, only takes, you know, maybe 10 minutes. And it's a really great start to have this conversation with yourself about separating things that are important from your non-negotiables. And I think that's a, a conversation that every one of us needs to have with ourselves because it helps define right and wrong for us. It, it, it provides the guidelines of, of behaving in a particular way that we say matters most to us. But if we don't define them, then we spend a life of winging it and winging it is never going to give you that ultimate sense of fulfillment that I believe we all need. This is so wonderful, and we are going to talk a little bit more later about winging it. But if we can stay here for just a few more moments, Brant, this would sure. be wonderful. Because I've got a burning question. This is so incredible how you take all these words and blend them down into uh, a top five, if you will, the black sheep. Once we prove our black sheep are real, mm -hmm. what, what would you suggest comes next, please? Well, we have to speak them into existence. If you want to experience transformation, and that is, um, transformation is a scary word. Uh, it's a scary word in the personal development space. It's an even scarier word in the professional development space. Um, transformation usually has a bunch of dollar signs attached to it. And, they, and it, organizations get really nervous, right? But when it comes to ourselves, I believe it's, it's that sense of transformation that leads us to that ultimate fulfillment that, that we all seek. It's the reason why we're here. And so when we prove that they are real, um, we have to do two things. We have to choose when and where we're going to speak these black sheep values into existence on a daily basis, right? So we actually have to look at our calendars and we have to 
write down which of the black sheep you're going to appear in which meetings you have that day or how you're going to choose to feed them that particular day. That's the difference between being intentional and living with deliberate intention. Deliberate intention is how we get to where we truly want to go and knowing every twist and turn we're going to take to get there. Being intentional is just sort of setting a destination and a GPS and hoping that you're going to get there someday. Um, so, you know, that's the first thing is we are going to be deliberate with our intention. We're going to speak these values into existence in our daily lives. And the second part is those values are how we choose our purpose. You know, I think the, the biggest lie when it comes to, to purpose that we've heard and been told our entire lives is that purpose is something we find. And I just don't believe that's true. Uh, purpose is something we choose, but if we want it to be a meaningful choice, then we have to discover what our black sheep values are because our purpose is literally derived from these things that matter most to us. So if I perceive correctly, you define the values. You highly recommend defining the values first and then go on to try to choose the purpose or to uh, derive that as well. Now, it's interesting because I'm involved in a class, we call it Franciscan Career Transformation. It kind of combines Franciscan values with self-awareness and career leadership. And one of the things that I find people really struggle with of all ages is finding our purpose. Help us out, please, Brent. Why is this so difficult? Well, you're searching for something that, that doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, um, it's not that purpose doesn't exist. It doesn't exist in the way in which you think you're on some Indiana Jones-like quest to find this, you know, purpose in the crystal skull. Uh, it is not, it doesn't work that way. That's not how we actually do it. You know, the idea here is we have to start with what? Right. And, I, and many of us have been have been told to start with why. And there's even a very famous book out there by the title Start With Why. Um, but the truth is, if we start with why and our why is wrong, then we're never going to experience the transformation that we seek. So we have to start with what? What are those non-negotiables? And when we have those things sort of defined. So for myself, the way that it works, my black sheep values are creativity, hope, impact, empathy, family and authenticity. Um I have six. I know I said flock of five, but 20 years as a rock star, we do everything to excess. Uh, so I needed an extra, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that six there that I have, I'm able to use those and activate those words to choose a purpose that's in alignment with the things that matter most. So what is my life's purpose? My life's purpose is to creatively impact others by authentically providing hope. It sounds familiar mm -hmm. because it's packed with these black sheep values. They're, they're in alignment. My what and my why are in alignment with each other. And when that happens, the how, which is our mission, our how becomes incredibly adaptable and resilient when our what and our why are actually in alignment with each other. Wow. Brother Greg, were you going to say something? I was, thanks. This is so, so enlightening and so helpful for us. I'm just curious if you've discovered, and maybe this is an unfair question, Brent, does one's black sheep values change over the course of their life, or are they pretty mm -hmm. much centered when someone is maybe a college student and they might get tweaked? rest of That's their lives. Help us out, please. Fantastic question. And the question that comes up all the time, right? Because I get people who tell me that, well, I don't, my values changed as I got older. Um, that's, uh, in New England, what we would call baloney. 
<laughs> uh, no, that's baloney. Uh, your values outside of a catastrophic event in your life, um, our values rarely, rarely change. They're developed over the course of our lives. And by the time you're in your sort of early 20s, they're pretty well formed. Um, what people confuse is purpose and mission. So our, our, our values and our purpose are static. They stay the same, but our mission changes all the time. And so they just confuse the how, how are you going to honor the things that matter most? How are you going to live out your purpose? That changes with every interaction every day that you come in in, and have these experiences on a daily basis. So that changes all the time, but the staticness of the values and the purpose are what keep us grounded and able to uh, to sort of fulfill the how in a way that's meaningful. Wow. Do you think that you could give us maybe one or two examples of a purpose? The reason I'm asking is because, you know, as people, we have so many different roles that we take on in our lives. There's our work life. There's, you know, you might be a son, a brother, um, a father. So I just want to know how the purpose ties all of these together. The purpose is born from the values. And so it's not about who you are in the sense of what the world would define you to be, whether that's, you know, brother, sister, mother, father, cousin, uh, friend, coworker, um, those labels don't apply to purpose. What applies to purpose is activating the, the things that you have determined matter most to you in your life. Uh, you know, what keeps us committed to the goals that we have, to the things that we hold dear, um, what keeps us committed are those deeply held personal core values because those are our non-negotiables. And so, you know, I, I encourage everyone in that case, you know, when you are looking to define your purpose, the way that I help people craft a purpose statement for their life is once they have discovered their black sheep and proven that they're real, we sort of understand that our, our values uh, exist in a hierarchy. Okay, so there's certain values that that matter more to us than others, even if they're non-negotiables. They're still, they still live within a hierarchy, and so what we try to do is take the. Uh, I recommend taking the top two, the two that are sort of at the very, they're ubiquitous in everything you do in your life. Um, those become the bookends mm-hmm. to your purpose statement. So my purpose statement starts off with to creatively impact others. So creativity is absolutely paramount for me um, to feel like I'm, I am using my God-given gifts to uh, uh, ch- change and impact the world as I, as I see fit. Um, but on the back end, it ends with by authentically providing hope. Hope is the very top of my hierarchy. If I don't leave people with hope, then I haven't done my job. And so for me, that's how we start to craft that purpose statement is figure out the two that sort of live near the top of the hierarchy. And let's bookend those together to make sure that we start and end with a statement that really embraces is the things that matter most to us. Wow. Thank you so much for explaining this. And I I mean, I know we've had a lot of really interesting guests on our show lately, but I don't know, Brother Greg, this one is really just exciting to learn about. And I'm glad that there is actually like an at-home activity that we could all do, you know, to take home with us. No doubt about it. I'm inspired and we're only 20 minutes in, certainly. So I really can't thank you enough, Brant, for being with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. 
Brant, you mentioned really briefly before how this could relate to the workplace. So how important would you say for every company or employer to really have black sheep values and recognize them? It's incredibly important if you want any of your employees to do anything on purpose. Uh, you know, that, that phrase on purpose is uh, I, I'd like to redefine it. <laughs> I think most of us would define the phrase on purpose as doing something intentionally, as being intentional. Right. Um, but it's more than that, right? For me, uh, doing something on purpose means doing something in alignment with your purpose. And so that requires you to choose your purpose. And so in the workplace environment, the number one challenge in whether or not employees love where they work or not is really rooted in their ability to build bridges between their black sheep values and the organizational black sheep values. So the organization might put out a list and say, here are the five things that are most important to us as an organization. Well, that's fine, but that's not my personal black sheep value. So I have to learn to build bridges to be able to bring my unique contribution to the table every day through the lens of my non-negotiables. So, for example, let's say one of your organizational values was transparency. I have to use my black sheep to figure out how to engage with transparency. So for me personally, I would have to say, how can I creatively express transparency? How can I use transparency to bring hope to the people that I work with? How can I be authentic in my presentation of transparency with the organization? So I am literally taking my black sheep and I am building a plan. I'm building a bridge to engage that organizational value that if I can, makes me feel that sense of fulfillment that makes me enjoy where I work and the people that I work with and makes me want to stay and perform and do all those sorts of things because I am experiencing this sense of, of fulfillment and neediness, like the organization needs my unique input in order to reach its goals. But most of us and most organizations, to be honest with you, those are considered soft skills <laughs> and they are not what they like to call KPI friendly, which are these key performance indicators. And right. so the larger the organization you get to, the more they're centered on these KPIs, right? Well, when it comes to human behavior and things like values, it's really difficult to measure the impact on the bottom line. You can definitely argue influence, but it's not something that you can draw a direct correlation to. This choice saved us 20%. You know what I mean? It's not something like that. So those soft skills get overlooked quite often when you get into the corporate world. Does it make sense, uh, Brant, that there may be some individuals, because of their black sheep, who would not qualify or would not make good business sense for them or personal sense for them to join an organization because the values are so far apart. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And it's, we see it on both sides. So from the employer side, we'll see the hiring of people based on skills and not on fit, right? Not on shared values, uh, where, where somebody is, is going to look, you can develop skills, but you can't change values. <laughs> and so, you know, if you think about it in that way, it's incredibly important that you share at least some of the same values or at least have them 
if, if we were looking back at the buckets, we want the values to at least be represented in the same bucket area. It might not be the exact same value, but it's within the family of values that, that, that mean something similar. So that's from the organizational side, but from the personal side, it's paramount. It's paramount that you work in a place that allows you to feed your black sheep. And if the job you are doing does not let you feed your black sheep, you will never stay committed to that job or perform at your highest potential because it's not in alignment with the things that matter most to you. That doesn't mean that you have to be doing what you feel like you were called to do. You can still experience that sense of fulfillment even when you're doing something that isn't the be-all, end-all, perfect job that you thought in your head um, was created for you. Uh, very few of us ever get to experience that, right? To, to be doing the thing that you felt like you were placed on earth to do. Sure. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't experience that sense of fulfillment. And, and as long as you're getting opportunities to feed your sheep, you're going to be happy with where you are. It sounds to us that black sheep don't live in the future, but rather the present. Have we correctly perceived this, please? I like to argue that that is the case. Um, at the center of the struggle that we sort of face on a daily basis when it comes to making decisions and living a life of fulfillment is a tug of war. And that tug of war is between our black sheep values and our feelings or emotions. And you would sit there on the surface and think to yourself, well, we really want our values to always sort of come in first. We want them to win that tug of war on a regular basis. But that's actually not true. Um, the truth is that you don't want either side to win the tug of war. What you want is a, is a constant healthy tension between our values and our feelings. And the reason is because if you made a decision that is solely based in your values and ignores how you're feeling about it when you decide. Uh, our, our feelings are potential monsters, right? It's like making the Hulk angry. We don't want to make Hulk angry. We want yeah. to make sure that it's, you know, that, that our feelings are, are acknowledged and kept in check. And so if we ignore them, they can overrule even us making a decision based in our values just by getting us all worked up in some emotional tornado. Uh, on the flip side, if we only made decisions based in our uh, uh, our emotions or our feelings, then there's a really good chance that we're probably going to violate one of our non-negotiables and then we wouldn't stay committed to the decisions that we made. And so this idea of staying in the present, I like to, to sort of put that visual in someone's head. I want you to picture that there's a tug of war. And if you've ever played tug of war, you know, these days, uh, you know, brother Greg, uh, you know, the days of tug of war are, are not like they used to be when I was a kid. And so now it's always like a wee battle of, uh, <laughs> of tug of war on some video game instead of having this actual rope where they tie a ribbon and they tie that ribbon right in the middle. And then they have like these two lines and they want to try to pull the ribbon over the line in either direction. And what's helped me, what's actually helped me clarify my mindset and keep me sort of in the present is an actual thought by the Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu, um, which just gave me a really sort of clear picture for my brain to wrap around how this works. And so uh, Lao Tzu once said that if you're feeling anxious, you're living in the future. 
if you're feeling depressed, you're living in the past. And if you're feeling peace, you're living in the present. And that to me is like my litmus test, right? So if I feel anxious, I know I'm being pulled to the future where it's filled with uncertainty and our brains view uncertainty as a threat. And so of course I'm going to feel anxiety because my brain just wants to work out what that uncertainty is and it can't. And so if I feel anxiety, I know that I'm living in the future. If I'm feeling depressed, chances are I'm dwelling over a decision I've already made that may have violated one of my values and there's nothing I can do to change it because it's already been made. And so if I feel depressed, I know I'm probably living in the past. So if I want to feel that sense of peace, I have to use my black sheep to sort of serve as an anchor that allow me to stay sort of steady in my footing when my emotions want to pull me to the future. And if we can do that, we stay in the present, which is the only place we can make decisions and affect change. We've saved the most important question for last, Brent. From where can our little audience purchase this great book, Black Sheep, and how can we best follow you? So the best way to go about it would be to just simply go to findyourblacksheep.com. From there, you can see the book. You can take the assessment for free. You can uh, find myself on all my social media handles uh, there as well. It's the easiest uh, way to go about it. Thank you. That's something I definitely plan on doing, if not today, then tomorrow. And if you um, already have connected with Brant and you've checked out The Black Sheep and checked out his book, also remember to connect with us on our Thank God for Monday social media, where you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Brant Menswar, author of this great book, Black Sheep, we can't thank you enough. Yes, you've enlightened us today. Uh, much more, you've inspired us. And it's really been uh, something of, of a real, real deep dive into who we are, uh, what we're all about, and the importance of these black sheep values. And it just reinforces to me uh, today after this, I'm going to settle down and do some quiet time and reinforce for myself, what are my black sheep values and how am I living them certainly so again uh, you've inspired me you've inspired Gina and the listeners as well so again many thanks and continued great success and joy and happiness and contribution all this wonderful work you're doing thank you so much I really appreciate you both audience sadly once again right at time Gina and Greg saying our hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday morning just like Brant Menswar does you'll say thank God for Monday